None of us knows how much time we have here. None of us, quite frankly, for that matter, is promised tomorrow. So how do we find a level of ownership around the time that we do have? Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Free Time Podcast. What's up, guys? We are cranking away here. We are at, what is today's date? May 1st. If you're listening to this as it just dropped, May 1st, 2020. Man, I got to say, for everything that's going on in the world right now, time is definitely not slowing down for no man. (laughs) I hope you guys can agree that things are moving fairly quickly despite everything going on. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because, you know, as every day that passes, we hope that we are one more day closer towards some normalcy and towards you know, regular life where we can shake hands again and kiss and hug and do all those fun things in public with people that are not just confined to the four walls of our house, right? Guys, I want to hop on today to share a little bit about what's really been providing me a lot of extra fuel and excitement and joy and optimism, particularly around these difficult times. And I want to start by sharing a quick story, right? Because who doesn't love a story? (laughs) So yesterday I had the opportunity to go up to Breckenridge. It's about an hour and a half from where I live here in Denver. And man, it was a beautiful drive up. Usually it takes maybe closer to two hours, depending on the time of the week that you go. But this time I just, I cruised up there. There was not a soul on the road. And I went up to visit my friend, Steve, whom ironically enough (laughs) has found himself living in a four-bed, three-bath mansion in Breckenridge as he's currently homeless because he just moved back from Europe about eight and a half, nine weeks ago before all this chaos started. 
and has just been bouncing around and, you know, anyways, found an open house. So he invited me up. He's like, yo, bro, you got to come up here. It's open. I've been quarantining by myself, so you'll be safe. We can go on some runs. We could just talk life and just clear our heads. And so I was like, bet, I'm up. Let's go. So I got up there. We did a little hot tub action, caught up. It was awesome. And the following morning, we went for about a five and a half, six mile run. And so up at Breck, the elevation somewhere around 10,000 feet, give or take. So about another 5,000 feet in elevation that we gain as compared to here in Denver. And man, we're just running up these hills and it feels like uphill the entire way. My knees are giving out. My chest is, is warm and flushed with that feeling that you get when you're breathing in fresh air and you're just, you know, super stressed to the max. My stomach was a little oozy. Uh, I'll spare you the details there. <laughs> and we're running these hills. And as we continue, like the further we went on along the steep grade of these hills, we started coming across all of these epic houses, right? In the middle of the mountains and off in the distance, you can see all the different runs. And then on the other side of the distance, you can see Breck Village. Like it's just an absolutely picturesque view, right? I hope I'm painting a good enough image here for you guys that are listening. So if I'm not, bear with me. I swear it gets better. And so we're just zigging and zagging down these epic trails, running on dirt roads, feeling so connected to the earth. And we came across these two houses at the end of this one street. They were just epic houses, right? They both faced the mountains. They had the nice windy drive to them. They had epic like copper roofs with wraparound porches and floor to ceiling glass windows overlooking the mountains. And we just stopped and we're like, damn, what did those people do to get houses like that? And it was beautiful, the question that we asked ourselves, because we both had a realization that homes like that or anything that seems super fancy, super ornate, something that you would just love to have, those come about to people that have big visions for their lives. Like, not cookie cutter visions, but big grandiose visions. People that were willing to, to, you know, dare to like let themselves dream and dare to let themselves actually think big. And what was really, really interesting was when we saw the two houses side by side, Steve and I had an immediate moment of deja vu, right? So we're two good friends and we've had many a night where, you know, we're having a couple of drinks, we're relaxing, and we're just talking about how life could play out. You know, we're in our late 20s, we're both 29 years old, and we're both, you know, really audacious in terms of some of the things we'd like to achieve. And so we've had many of these conversations. And one of the things that has come up time and time and again in these conversations is this desire, this dream, if you will, that we both have to have vacation homes next to one another one day so that our future families can, you know, vacation together, do all the fun things, right? And so fast forward to all of this chaos we're going through right now and Steve 
getting the house up there and me going up and then us finding these two homes side by side that like literally stopped us in our tracks. Like these homes were just so pristine. They were so clean. They stopped us in our tracks. We were like, wow, this is not a coincidence, man. This right here is a product of people with big visions taking massive actions. And if other people can do it that seemingly come from, you know, humble beginnings or wherever, it doesn't really matter, why can't we? And so when we saw those two homes, we shook hands. We're like, bro, let's make this shit happen. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's handshake. Let's hold ourselves to making this a dream that comes true into reality one day. And it made me think about a conversation that I just had the day prior on this very podcast with a guy named James Swanick. James is a really successful entrepreneur. He's, he's opened up a variety of businesses. He's now currently really focused on helping people quit or reduce alcohol. But he was telling me that even prior to the success of his business, helping people quit alcohol, that it was something that derived from his own lifestyle choice that people had been reaching out to him about because they were curious or they're interested how it was. He was able to still have fun and not drink. And he told me a specific story. He was in the lobby of this West Hollywood hotel with his friend and someone had just approached him again, like, James, what's the secret? How do you like not drink alcohol and still have fun? And right then and there, he wrote his plan down on the back of a napkin and then shook hands with his friend, right? Shook hands with his friend, essentially committing himself to seeing the business of helping people quit alcohol come to fruition. And I was so fascinated about why it was he emphasized having his friend shake his hand. And apparently he was like, hey, listen, when we make promises to ourselves, which we're all guilty of, we all make promises to ourselves, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. How often do we blow those promises off when we just make them to ourselves? He, he went on to explain that when we make promises um, you know, with other people, when we make promises in front of other people, when we make promises about what we're going to do and we have other people witness that promise, that's when we're more inclined to actually uphold our end of the bargain. And so I thought about that and, you know, seeing those two houses and then Steve and I, all the conversations we've had and then us deciding to shake on it, it just made it real for me that this is something that we're definitely going to go after. As we ran up those hills, as we were going through all that resistance, and it was not easy, guys. Like, I t let me tell you, I felt like a million bucks afterwards, but it was not easy. But after going through all of that shit, being able to see those two homes and being able to really visualize what could be possible about us, you know, making that dream come true, it completely made the entire battle and the entire run worthwhile. And... This is really the root of the message today. The root of the message I really want to share with you guys is that when we're going through something like we all are right now, living in these crazy times with the virus and the economic strain and you know potential job loss, maybe even losing loved ones, when we go through all of this strain, how do we find a vision that's so worthwhile, that's so big, that's so audacious, a vision that we can connect and attach ourselves to and commit to, hopefully with somebody else, right? Finding some accountability. How can we find a vision that big 
that makes the test we are currently going through worthwhile. And I think that when you can safely say that you found a vision that's so worthwhile, that's so big, that's so grandiose, and that you found somebody or people to witness your commitment to that vision, that that's the day that you are ultimately on your path towards creating something bigger than yourself. That is the day that no matter what is happening in your life and no matter how quick things are coming at you and no matter how much shit is hitting the fan, you are able to revisit that vision. You're able to revisit that commitment that you made, not just to yourself, but in the presence of others. And you're able to find the energy and the courage to continue pressing ahead towards that goal and that vision. You know, I think the critical reason as to why many people fail or stop or quite frankly, never even get out the gates towards something bigger than themselves is because they've never actually taken the time to sit, whether by themselves or with a friend as I did with Steve, and actually think and allow themselves to dream and allow themselves to sort of get lost in their imaginations. I think a lot of people just accept the situations and the circumstances that they find themselves in. I think they just accept them and they tell themselves things like, well, this is what it means to be an adult. This is what it means to be realistic or this is what it means to be practical. And when they do that, they deny themselves of all the possibilities that could lay ahead. They essentially cut themselves off from a lifeline, a supply that, 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 that could potentially bring life and purpose and, and fulfillment into their very existence. And that's the day that a lot of people start dying. That's the day that a lot of people just start going through the motions and wondering where their years went and why they're still in the same position. And that's my ultimate nightmare. I don't know about you guys, but that's the thing that I fear the most, right? None of us knows how much time we have here. None of us, quite frankly, for that matter, is promised tomorrow. So how do we find a level of ownership around the time that we do have? How do we find a level of ownership that actually makes the time that we have and the time that we spend something worthwhile, something that we are marching towards That's what I'm focused on. And that's what I really want you guys to focus on, particularly when the times are difficult, because without that bigger vision, the test almost always will win. But if you have that bigger vision and if you can attach it to something clear and crisp in your mind, a clear visual with solid emotions, and if you can take it a step further and you can commit to it in front of people and make it your own and say, I am going to do this, no matter how silly it may sound. I am going to find myself in this position one day. That's when I think that you're on to something really big, especially when the grade of the hill starts to really steepen. So that's the message for today, guys. I do want to share one other thing that I think could be particularly helpful, and it's called the best day ever. Okay, now this is something that I came up with, but don't worry. (laughs) It's not just me being silly and goofy, you know, kind of pulling shit out of my ass. It's actually been substantiated from a lot of clinical evidence that's out there, as well as a lot of other podcasts from, you know, psychologists that I've heard from. And short and sweet, the best day ever is 
a written exercise that you can do, okay? So if you're a person that's like, well, Carl, like I, I see what you're saying, but I don't really know how to go about creating this great vision. Like I've never really dared to dream. Like I've just forgotten about dream. I've quitting on it. The best day ever tool is fun. And here's how it goes. And I want you to try it out if you so dare, right? So you're gonna sit down. Ideally, you do this after you've moved for 30 minutes to an hour. So maybe you wanna try doing this after your morning workout or you know, after your, your, after your, your evening workout, before you go to bed, you want to sit down after your body has been in a state of flow. You want to just take out a sheet of paper, a pen or a pencil, a marker, whatever you like to write in. And you want to think about your life. Okay. Your life specifically as it relates to a date five to 10 years out in the future. I'll let you pick which one you're comfortable with, but a date five to 10 years out in the future, think exactly about what your best day would look like from the time you wake up, sun up, to the time that you go to bed, sundown. And when you write this essay, okay, describing your best day ever, I want you to write with very vivid imagery, write with supreme detail, pull out all the adjectives, use the synonyms, all, all the amazing things we all learn in language arts like in seventh grade, right? Revisit those writing principles and just let it flow. Where are you living? Who are you with? What's your day look like? Who are you helping? Who are you impacting? What's your job or your career? Are you playing some type of sport or are you, are you traveling? Are you eating a type of food? Are you having a cup of coffee overlooking the ocean? Like write in crisp detail and just tuck that away. A lot of research and a lot of studies have shown that people that take the time to actually write their best day ever in supreme detail have far greater chances of actually making that day come true. I wish I had the actual statistics off the top of my head. I don't, and I don't want to push it on my ass. So forgive me, but I'm asking you to please, please, please trust me on this. Like one professor out on the East Coast, one of those Ivy League schools had her class do this. And the students that did this, when she followed with them in that 10-year window, I want to say that like literally like over 80% of them had achieved most of those things, if not more of the things that they had written down 10 years prior. So there's a lot of power behind this. And I think it's a really fun exercise. If anything, guys, it's a way to start stimulating your mind and your imagination again, which quite frankly may have gotten stale just from how we've lived our lives over the past few years. So guys, that's the show for the day. I really, really hope that you guys take me up on this exercise. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a fun, creative thing for you to do. And who knows, man, you just may end up hitting the mark and even surpassing it. And that's my hope for all of you guys. So till the next one, stay well, stay healthy, stay active, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. 
please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me. And I can't wait to see you there.